I really do like Aguas Calientes. Like it's, uh, first of all, I love sleeping there. Like, <laughs> oh man, if you're a person who loves white noise, the hotel that we stay in, that river flowing, man, it is just amazing. Did you, I don't know, did you experience that? I, I couldn't hear the river where oh, I was at. Oh man, night. where I was sleeping, dude, I could just snuggle up in them sheets. <laughs> out. It was amazing. <laughs> And welcome to the Peru Travel Podcast. I'm your host, David Kozlowski. Alongside of me is Kevin Grow. Kevin, been chilling on uh, the Gmails. I just started without even paying attention. Yeah, I see that. It's nice to be uh, actually in the studio for once. Yeah. Studio, which, as you can see, is an office because we're filming for the first time. Thank you guys for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, we have uh, dogs around us. We have... Beautiful pictures, a printer that, you know, for whatever reason, just wants to make noises throughout the uh, the show, camera gear, you name it. Uh, this is my office. Yeah, I figured uh, since we're doing the video for the first time, I actually had to throw something nice on because they, they used to say, uh, you know, you, you, a face for uh, face for radio, but now we're actually filming. Yeah, I look like garbage anyways, but whatever. Um, so today we're going to be talking about 50 facts about Peru. And uh, Kevin, you actually spent a lot of time writing this up and so did I. So we couldn't believe that we found 50 facts. It was actually quite difficult. You'd think that it would be pretty easy, but it wasn't. Yeah, it took me, uh, I did I did a lot of digging just to be able to find, to fill out at 50, actual 50 facts. Yeah. I think I got to about... 41 or 42 and I was just I was just struggling yeah struggling but there's some pretty good stuff here um, there's definitely some facts that are obviously like most people kind of know but then there's some facts that are freaking bizarre and I'm excited and we've got 50 of them so we probably should get into it yeah um, I'm excited <clears throat> So a lot of you may not know, but Machu Picchu is a uh, astronomy observatory. So uh, that's pretty pretty neat. Um, Hiram Bigham also brought the the site to world attention. So Machu Picchu was uh, it's kind of a weird story too because Hiram Bigham gets a lot of credit for like showing like discovery Machu Picchu, but really he didn't discover it. Like it, right? I mean, like there was three farmers already there ahead of time when he got in there. Isn't that kind of what you found yeah, out? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So when I was doing a little bit of research, you know, everyone gives uh, so much credit to to hear him. Um, but uh, it's 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 pretty interesting that there's a, there's actually quite a few other explorers that could be given credit for discovering Machu Picchu. There was uh, one guy in the 1800s from Italy that actually had come across the site and, and didn't really, you know, think much of it. Uh, and then another group of Germans in the 1800s uh, also uh, could could have taken credit for discovering it, but, you know, just didn't really bring it to, to attention. But it was actually Hiram who was, at the time, was looking for what was uh, kind of the lost city of the Incas, uh, just another city, and and he thought he had discovered when he came to Machu Picchu, but uh, it wasn't the actual city that he was looking for, and, and just didn't really know what he had had found until a few years later. But um, he was the one that actually got the credit because he took all the uh, uh, all the all the artifacts that he they asked, his team excavated and brought them back to Yale, and and just just kind of you know ran with that. Yeah, that's crazy. 
it's funny how you you something that you I will give credit where it is due. I mean, if people did discover it, he's definitely the guy who thought I was special and you know brought it to its spotlight, which it is a pretty cool place. So, um, so there were three farmers there. We talked about that. Uh, Peru was, or excuse me, Machu Picchu was constructed between 1450 and 1460. Machu Picchu, the meaning means old peak or old mountain. Uh, this one I always thought was interesting too because David talked about this when we were actually on the Inca Trail the first time they were hanging out with them. Uh, Spanish conquistadors actually never made it to Machu Picchu. They never conquered it. Uh, but there are like theories that it's possible that they brought disease to sort of wipe them out. And uh, I don't know, bio, biological warfare, would you say, at its finest, if you will, <laughs> back in the day, as awful as that sounds. Um, yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off that a little bit, I mean... So they they know for sure that the Spanish didn't find it just for a number of reasons. Uh, when they went back through various Spanish uh, texts, they never found any mention of, of the Machu Picchu site in various diaries and various uh, texts that, that the Spanish had written up. And on top of that... Uh, they the the Spanish had when they had come and kind of conquered the the Incans, uh, they had previously at other Incan sites just defaced them and destroyed them, and there is absolutely no evidence of any defacing that had happened at Machu Picchu. Hmm. That's interesting. That's crazy. A uh, little little tip outside of the the fifty facts. Um, let's see what else we got here. There's a long long list, so we're trying to we're going to try to <laughs> simplify some of these, but. The Incan Empire was much more widespread than Peru, so that's kind of a common thing, but they actually made it to Argentina, Bolivia, Ecuador, and Chile. Uh, by the way, I how I said Chile instead of Chile. And the reason I did that is because some mean, rude person left a bad review stating that I don't pronounce Spanish words well. Well, I have, you know, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I do the best that I can do. Thank you very much. I appreciate your criticism, but I will try harder. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, Dave, you gotta, you gotta pronounce it right. It's ridiculous. I mean, like, I mean, it, it may be, I don't know, maybe it's not ridiculous. I just, if you got something nice to say, I'd appreciate that too, right? Like, yeah, hey, these guys are great. I, there's there's a couple times where I'm listening to some podcasts that would be going, you know, going back through it. And, and I'm just like, I'm like, Oh, he didn't, he didn't say that right. He's saying, he's saying, uh, Pachamama instead of, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> saying it wrong. Um, that's all right though. It happens. <laughs> Look, man, we're not, we're not all perfect. Uh, the, the general consensus is right. So, the Inca, or excuse me, we talked about the Incan Empire was more widespread. Uh, at the peak of the Incan Empire, many influential world events uh, hadn't taken place. It's kind of an interesting one because when they were at the top performance, if you will, the biggest that they ever were, Columbus hadn't come to America yet. The Mona Lisa wasn't painted. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, even, even uh, uh, you know, the famous uh, uh, St. Peter's uh, uh, Church in Rome, it, its cornerstone hadn't even been, been laid yet. That's so, crazy. I mean, it wasn't even built yet. That's nuts. The official purpose of the site is unknown. There are like many theories as to what it was, but uh, the Incas didn't actually have a written language. So there's no way of really knowing what it was for. The famous Inca Trail was a religious path to Machu Picchu, which is something we talked about, I think, in the past about what the Inca Trail is. But it was a religious path, uh, spiritual, if you will, I should say, actually, probably right, because it really weren't religious. It was more of they were spiritual. Right, right. The Machu Picchu cannot fall. 
Yeah, that's the that's that's one that's I find pretty crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. There's like, earthquakes. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's right on two different fault lines, so yeah. there's going to be tons of earthquakes there. Uh, in fact, Cusco and Lima have both been completely leveled, but, but yeah. Machu Picchu just remained untouched. It's interesting how that how that plays out, and it's it's way it's I read about how it's the way the stones are placed but there's no mortar. So there's like no constriction. And so there's a, a, a phrase. It's like the stones dance when an earthquake happens or something like that. Like they like jiggle and you can see them move and it looks like they're dancing. And really it's because there's no mortar around it that they're able to move and kind of slide around and still land and perfectly in place. Cause they're so heavy. Right. Yeah. I mean the, the only thing I really know to, to, about that is that, uh, uh, the technique was called actually called Ashlar. Hmm. Um, so that's the name of the technique that they use, but basically it's, it, it just has something to do with how they place the stones and it, they just, how big do you think those stones were? Uh, each stone. Yeah. I'm just curious. Cause I got, I'm going to, I'm going to lay you up. I'm going to tee me up here for the next one. So, I mean, it, it totally depends on the stones. So the, each stone that they, that they actually brought into Machu Picchu was at least 50 pounds, but a lot of the, the rock that they, that they use in Machu Picchu, it, it was unmovable rock. So what all they did was carve the granite or the granite rock around, uh, made statues out of the rock that they couldn't move and just left it there. It's crazy. Yeah, because at the time, the wheel had not been invented, at least for Peru. For Peru. For For, for Frank, excuse yep. me, yeah. So they moved it. There's like a lot of different theories and David had kind of given given us one or two, but no one really knows again. So very, very interesting. It's kind of one of those weird phenomenons. Let's see. So the official purpose of the site is unknown. The famous Inca Trail was religious. We went through that. The wheel hadn't been invented. Okay, so there's an extensive network of water channels and conduits within the grounds. That one is actually kind of surprising to me because when you are walking through Machu Picchu, it didn't actually dawn on me until I was reading this and going through it how there are like these little trails. I got my orange or my apple juice up on the camera right here. A little bit of whiskey, huh? Uh, There's like these like lines of of like concrete, but it's stone and water is just trickling right through. And that was something we saw by Ryan community where there's just water flowing from the mountain through. And I, I can't comprehend it because I don't know much about like how to build that. But it is fascinating to see. You know, I'm like, where's this water coming from? I remember specifically being right. And being like, where's this coming from? He's like, oh, there's a spring in the mountain. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, who does that? I know. Yeah. No, I, I, I remember that too when we were in uh, Machu Picchu, just going around the site and just seeing these little channels like running under where we were walking through, you know, under the stone that we're walking on and going to a different part of the city in Machu Picchu. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, it is nuts. There are more than 150 buildings within the complex. Most of Machu Picchu is made up of granite. The rest is held together by limestone. Most of what's seen at Machu Picchu today is original. That's that's pretty cool. 60% of the construction is located underneath the surface. Do you have any more info on that? Um, so basically all the info that I was able to find about that was uh, a lot of it has to do with... Uh, the irrigation. So when we were talking about the channels and the yeah. conduits, basically what they did was they crushed a lot of rock and, and put it underneath the surface. Um, on top of that, I mean, there's caves that are, that are underneath Machu Picchu, which contain some, some temples. 
So, I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's places that they had some rooms. So for example, the temple of the, the sun, which is one of the main temples in Machu Picchu. I mean, there's a, there's a cave sitting under it with, with altars there and they're not really sure what it, what it was used for, but, um, I mean, it's there. We can't go to it. Um, as far as I'm aware, visitors can't, can't go to it, but there, you know, there's, there's uh, scientists that go there and, you know, try to figure out what it was for. And that's so crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine what, first of all, what jerks that I can't go see that? Like I'm now, <laughs> I'm so curious. I'm be sitting over there next time we go back and I'm just going to be like knocking on the stone. Like I know what's here and I want to go in. It's like Batman's cave, you know? Uh, <laughs> So Machu Picchu is split or was split into two different sections. And that means that the, uh, there was the south or the Southern part was used for farming while the Northern side was used for buildings, sort of like where people would hang out and, and live, etc. Machu Picchu is only 13 square kilometers, making it a fairly small city. Wanu Picchu, uh, a mountain housed the high priest and the local virgins. So yeah, I guess just to piggyback off that. So, um, yeah, so, why, what's the deal with the local virgins? You know, I'm not sure about the the local virgin situation. We don't have that right now. Like, there's not like an, a or a home <laughs> where local virgins are just chilling, know, is right? there? Like, that's so weird. No, seriously. So, I mean, the only people that were allowed to live in Machu Picchu was the the noble. I mean, it was the high priests. Hmm. It was uh, the local virgins, and then um, there were some other people that that lived there. But wait, so if you're a virgin, you were like a noble. Yeah, is that yeah, like the I, distinction? I that's, like, that's oh, what it you was. never had sex, so you're <laughs> you're at the top of the food chain. You, yeah, right? Well, that I is know. so messed up. I, I mean, whatever, dude. It's cool. Like, do your thing. But um, so with the ag- the agricultural center, the 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 part where you know we, so we were talking about where it's split up in between the city and the and the agriculture. There's a lot of people, or uh, I guess more or less peasants, I guess what you would say, the, the people that weren't the nobles, hmm. that uh, they would actually come every day, hike up Machu yeah. Picchu to be able to, get fish to farm. And, and wasn't there two uh, uh, Chosky's, um, am I saying this right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah Chosky's. Right. <laughs> no, trying to do better, folks. Uh, so Chosky's, uh, well, I was reading something too, that they would go and they would get fresh fish from the ocean. I'm thinking, how the heck did they do that every day? Is this, there's no way, right? Like, I mean, how is that possible that, I mean, maybe they, they must have had like multiple, right? I mean, that were like going, it just doesn't make sense yeah, to I'm me. Not, I'm not sure. I mean, if you, if you think about how widespread the, the Peruvian empire was, I mean, you've or got, Incan, f- right? yeah, the Incan yeah, yeah, empire yeah. in, in Peru, um, you know, taking up Argentina and, and Chile. I mean, you're going to, it's, it's massive. You got 20 million people that, yeah. you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, you're, you're going to have resources from the ocean coming into Cusco. I mean, you're going to, you're going to be able to get it there. You know, so I don't know if it's necessarily from the ocean, if that's maybe it was from like, obviously potentially like a lake or a river, but I mean, it is bizarre to me that Achoski's job was like to bring fresh fish. Yeah. You turn that phone off beeping in while we're, while we're doing a podcast here being rude. Um, that's just, it's just baffling to me. Uh, the Incan empire, or excuse me, emperors, if you will, were just, or emperor. It's a very crazy task. Cause there's not many fish up in Machu Picchu. <laughs> uh, when the Spanish invaded the Inca, or excuse me, when the Spanish invaded, invaded the Incas destroyed nearly all the roads and leading to Machu Picchu in order to protect it, including a lot of the Inca trail. Mm-hmm. So there is, there is various, uh, roads or, uh, trails that had, had led to Machu Picchu. Um, and when the Spanish had invaded, uh, for some reason or another, they, 
you know, they obviously wanted to protect Machu Picchu because, as we had talked about before, is some sort of religious or spiritual site. Sure. So, as you know, when you're when you're getting conquered and and you know all your people are dying, um, you're going to do what you can to do to, to protect yeah. your most sacred site. So what they did was they went around and and basically ripped up all the stone that they had placed on on the roads to Machu Picchu. I mean, for example, if if you've actually hiked the Inca Trail, you know, the first day it's all just it's yeah. it's it's all dirt. Um and they did that to hide the to hide Machu Picchu. Um it's not until the second day on the Inca Trail that you're actually walking on it's, stone that they had placed. It's crazy. It's kind of sad to think about, but yeah, this is nuts. Uh, Machu Picchu's elevation is lower than Cusco. I think we've talked about that, that, you know, obviously getting acclimated in Cusco makes Machu Picchu a lot easier. A grass bridge provided a secret entrance into Machu Picchu for the army. And that is still something that you can walk today. Not necessarily around Machu Picchu, but there's a grass bridge. So the grass bridge is no longer there, but you can see the trail that had led to the grass bridge. Um, Isn't there a duplicate or some, or, or a replica of some sort? So there used to be, but in 1996, there was a fire at Machu Picchu and the grass bridge actually burned down that they had is there the another time. one in Peru? Though, so there's somewhere? another one. It's it's uh, it's in it's near Cusco, okay. but it's not actually in Machu Picchu. So there's a, like a similar type of a sure. type of bridge that you can actually walk across. And you know, if you think about walking across a grass bridge, that's uh, that's pretty scary to do. Um, and when I was doing the research the main reason that they had to use a grass bridge because if you think about where Machu Picchu is at it's you know it's sitting in the middle of three mountains um, and there's not there's really not much trees up there so uh, what I had found out is if if you're going to make a bridge or they even did this for the houses in in uh, in Machu Picchu so they had houses that were two stories but you didn't really have wood to uh, you know if you've been there, you've seen that the houses are all stone, yeah, you know, yeah, right? Yeah. So you didn't have wood to build a ladder or build stairs to the second level. So what they did was they took the grass and they made basically a, a rope, uh, a rope a ladder getting into the second floor. So they did the same exact same thing for the bridge for the army going across this huge, you know, across the Urubamba River. That is so nuts. Yeah, it's pretty gra- crazy. Every time, that, every time I hear about that, like Dave's like, yeah, there's a grass bridge you can walk across. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know like if I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not walking across no grass bridge. Talented. <laughs> really talented. I'm a lot bigger than a lot of those Peruvian dudes, you know? So, uh, in the Inca times, there were only two ways in and out of Machu Picchu, which is kind of cool because that's still how it is today. Two ways in and out. Um, there- um, and that actually pr- provided a, a defense mechanism. Sure. So if you're... If you have done the Inca Trail, you're coming in through the Sun Gate, mm-hmm. uh, which is way up. It, it's it's a fair amount of ways from from the actual Machu Picchu city. Yeah. So those two ways in the the other way in via the Grass Bridge. Um, you know, there may have actually been one more uh, bridge that had entered uh, into Machu Picchu, but. So the reason that they had these entrances so far away is if someone was invading, it was very easy to, to destroy the entrance to, to get to Machu Picchu because you could see them coming and it, it, it would be very easy to block block the entrance. Like, you're not going to get in. Yeah, they're big on defense. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. less on attack. That's cool. Uh, there are wet and dry seasons, which we kind of ha- we've actually have a blog about that, telling you kind of what the, the best time of year to go, if you will. 
so yeah, actually speaking of that, I'm going to plug that right now. We have a very intuitive blog that talks about the best time of year to go to Mosh Picchu. Three different options. It kind of goes on scale in terms of what it is that you're looking for. It talks about the season. It talks about the cost and it talks about crowd control. So just uh, check that out. It's on the webpage. Uh, and then also I'm going to plug another thing is our uh, Prue Tips for Travelers Facebook group. Uh, it's a supportive group. A lot of people that have traveled with us before are on the group and uh, just kind of like a small community kind of helping each other uh, if you have questions about Peru. So if you want to check it out, go check it out. That being said, let's move on. So because of the thick cloud, this one is stupid to me. Like I believe it, but it's just like, golly. So because of the thick cloud forest, which is all the clouds around Machu Picchu, there is still much of Machu Picchu to be discovered. When I first heard that, no way. Then I found out in 2011, we discovered more terraces around Machu Picchu. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy that there's, you know, you can, there's, there's, you could probably walk off in uh, a part of Machu Picchu, uh, you know, off trail and you, you, who knows, you may find some other terrace or some, some other, uh, house or whatever. I, just, I mean, it's crazy. I, I, it, it is crazy, especially today. Now I'm no, we're not sending like drones over Machu Picchu's no fly zone. <laughs> I know that we're not probably picking out satellites, but in my head I'm thinking, how do people not see this stuff? Uh, whatever. I, it, I mean, it's just, it's just the, the clouds are so dense, especially in the morning yeah. that it's, it makes visibility actually so pretty difficult. What I should say is I get it right. Like I understand. I just am surprised <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, no, I'm with there's you, so yeah. much tech. I'm just, it's just crazy to me. You'd think that maybe I just think we're too awesome and we're not, maybe we're <laughs> not just that great. Machu Picchu was extremely important to the Incas. It was a spiritual site. Machu Picchu is located in the, see, this is where it gets difficult. And I know someone's going to just hate mail me right now. Uh, I'm going to do my best. Vilcanote. Uh, you know, I'm with you. I'm not totally sure, but I, I believe it's, uh, uh, Villa Canote. Villa Canote mountain range. Uh, Machu Picchu, so that's where it's located. Machu Picchu is located on two fault lines, which is what we talked about earlier. And Machu Picchu actually flooded in 2010. Yeah, so in 2010, there was, there was super, super heavy rains. And actually about 2,000, uh, 2000 tourists and 2,000 uh, citizens or, or people that live in Aguas Calientes, they got trapped because all the, the railroads... Uh, basically got destroyed. And so they had to send helicopters in to... Uh, so was it Aguas Calientes or Machu Picchu itself? So Aguas... So so it was... Uh, I mean, you know, Machu Picchu is... Aguas Calientes is at the base of Machu yeah, Picchu. So right. uh, it wasn't Machu Picchu just itself. Aguas Calientes was involved as well because, yeah. you know, you're down down by the, the right, river right. where it's going to flood. Um, but yeah, a lot of people had to be rescued by helicopter because, you know, 4,000 people <laughs> That's crazy. are there. Machu Picchu is not the only archaeological site in Peru. And that's, there is, Peru is not like a massive country, but there is so much stuff to do. We haven't even tapped Peru. Like we have not, there's so many things. When I say we haven't tapped, we haven't like done a lot of what Peru has to offer. There's a rainforest, there's an oasis, there's like Tikitaka or Titicaca. The, the Nazca Lines. <laughs> Nazca Lines. Yeah. There's, there's so much to do in Peru. It's absolutely insane. So yes, there are a lot of sites. And excuse me, <clears throat> like that, I <clears throat> did a little cough. I got a and I mean, even it's if you think whiskey. about, you know, all the, there's, there's a lot of archeological sites that 
people aren't even seeing. I mean, you know, we have right. Ryan community <laughs> and you hike up this, you know, to, to yeah, the Ryan yeah. community and there's this Incan ruin up there yeah, that no exactly. one's seen. That is crazy actually how, when you think about it, Ryan community, yeah, there, there was no one there. Right. No one showed up there. And it's a site that we, we were so blessed to be able to see, but at the same time, no one, yeah. yeah we were the nuts. only three people there. It was, it was unreal. That's why we were able to film it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are only two ways to get to Machu Picchu today. We talked about that. There are two hikes in addition to viewing Machu Picchu. Those are Wanu Picchu and Machu Picchu Mountain. On average, 1.3 million people visit Machu Picchu yearly. Only 2,500 tourists are allowed into Machu Picchu a day. Now, does this, does this change or is that the new rule? So the 2,500 people per day is the new rule as of July 1st, uh, 2017. Got it. So, so the 1.8 million was potentially like an old stat that was obviously pulled in. Yep. So that was that was old. Uh with that being said, that also takes into account. Um, so the twenty five hundred people per day is people that are just coming up, coming to sh- show up for Machu Picchu. Tourists. Um, when there's going to be additional people there because people come in through Inca Trail. Yeah. Like that. And something that we got kind of hit up to uh, about is like, hey, you know, I went to Machu Picchu without a guide. Sure. Honestly, that stuff is so hard to regulate, right? I mean, there might be more people than. 2,500 tourists that find a way to get into Machu Picchu. You know, it's, it's right. So the official regulation says that you got to have a, an a official tour guide. Right. Um, but like you were saying, there's so many people there. And when we were even there this year in April, I mean, we had a guide, but no one was really checking no that you had was. a guide. Absolutely. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, did, did I, did I not hear or see though, that they're possibly making it to where you have to follow a path? Yeah. So that, that's also part of the new regulation of, you know, of July, 2017. So it's uh, kind of forcing there's, you. there's supposed to be a path that you, that you follow. So people go along in the same direction. Basically this is just a lot of, techniques that they're trying to use to conserve Machu Picchu because they're so worried yeah. about it, it being destroyed with all the traffic. Which is going to lead us to the next one coming up here there soon. We <laughs> um, actually, not quite yet, but you can get a stamp of Machu Picchu at the entrance of Machu Picchu for your passport. We didn't ever, we've never done that. We never did that. <laughs> yeah, we, both times that we were there, we we left and we were like, we didn't get the stamp. Like, yeah. Gosh. Uh, you can follow Hiram Bingham's original path from 1911 leading to his discovery of Machu Picchu. Is that from Aguas Calientes, do you know, or is so, that? So, yeah. So if, if you're not taking the bus oh up God, to. Oh, no, I would not do that. I know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a hell of a hike. So. There's you, some things I just don't want to do when I, I go back and that's one of them. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather take the bus. So you can, you can either take a bus from Aguas Calientes up to uh, the Machu Picchu entrance. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like. 20 bucks, um, which is the path that I'm going to take if I'm going to Machu Picchu. But, you know, if you're cheap and, and, um, you, you want to do, do the hike, you want to experience I mean, it. You're talking, this is a very steep, very, very steep hike. And yeah. you're looking at a minimum of 90 minutes to get Here's all the way the deal. Up. If you're going to do that hike and you just decided to opt out of the Inca trail or Sacante trail or something like that, go home. Because <laughs> I would rather do the Inca Trail than that damn hike. That's yeah, how that's how steep seriously. it looks. Maybe I'm wrong. I've never done it, so I mean, we could be wrong. But it looks like it looks like hell. It's a lot of stairs, but yeah, yeah. it is. It, it is the original path that Hiram did take to discover Machu Picchu. Yeah, for all you people who have very 
what do you say? Like you gotta go to the bathroom a lot. You know, those people like going to the rest or into a restaurant. You're like, I gotta see the bathroom. Well, guess what? There are no bathrooms beyond the entrance of Machu Picchu. So just know that inside of Machu Picchu, excuse me, that is, there are no bathrooms inside of Machu Picchu. <laughs> Continuing in a sentence. Uh, there are two time slots to enter Machu Picchu morning and afternoon, which those times are, uh, 8 a.m. or excuse me, 6 a.m. Yep. And 11 a.m. if I'm not mistaken, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So like, even though it's this afternoon, it's 11 a.m., but you, if you want to be there with their, their, there's the least amount of people, morning is your best shot. The Temple of the Sun is one of the three most important temples that visitors are able to see. Machu Picchu is one of the seven new wonders of the world. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. There is a no-fly zone over Machu Picchu, which we talked about, and you cannot bring your drones. So what's crazy about that is uh, actually in 2006, there was uh, a a company that actually got uh, permission to... Uh, do helicopter tours over over Machu Picchu, but uh, a lot of environmentalists protested it. And a week later, the the Peruvian government took the uh, their certificate or their their permission, uh, reversed it. That's crazy. Yeah, I kind of like. I feel at times when I go places that involve like natural beauty. When I'm hiking, we did Wamanu in Hawaii. I have a feeling that when I see helicopters, it kind of ruins it. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's a it's it's a place that, I mean, once again, if you've been there, it's a place that that Peru has really, actually done really well to preserve the original yeah. uh, intent of of Machu Picchu. I mean, if you're walking around the site, um, and this is why we recommend having a tour guide because there are no signs when you're going around explaining what things are. They've, sure. they've kept it to the original, uh, the original intent of Machu Picchu. So, I mean. You know, I, I agree with you. If you're having helicopters flying overhead, and um, it, it really takes away the beauty of, of Machu Picchu, and and, yeah. and maybe someday we can come up with an app or a, a, a tour guide photo type thing that will explain where you are as you're walking. If you want that and you're listening to this, you just hit us up. We'll find some developers. You got to email us though. And tell us that you want it. That's how bad you should want it. Really though, guys, a guide is super cheap, and you're actually helping the local economy. So I would highly recommend it in general. But uh, this one's funny. I love this one actually because I really I have German friends and I, I just wish. All right, so you cannot visit wearing your country's folkloric attire. That's awesome. So if you're German coming from Germany, you cannot wear a Lederhosen. <laughs> Sorry, I got to leave that crap at home, man. <laughs> I think I butchered the German accent. If you're Scottish, can't wear a kilt. If you're Irish, can't wear a kilt. If you're Japanese, can't wear a kimono. Yeah, if you're American, you can't wear overalls. Yeah, American flag overalls. (laughs) (laughs) Something. If you're American, you can't wear a shotgun. (laughs) Can't walk up in there with a shotgun, but I'll tell you what. Charlie wouldn't have been able to wear his uh, his, his, uh, swim trunks, American flag swim trunks. That's right. Um, Crazy. So, Machu Picchu is on the World uh, Monuments watch list of the 100 most endangered sites. So this one's actually pretty cool because Finland kind of jumped in on this one, right? Like they Mm -hmm. they agreed to trade 20. I don't, dude, you're the economics guy, so why don't you take this? Yeah, basically, uh, so they're. Let's see here. So they're on the the World uh, Monument watch list of the hundred most endangered sites, and the main reason for that is because of all the traffic that is that is at, at Machu Picchu. You know, they just want to they want to preserve the site, um, and. Uh, but the, what's the, what's the situation with the debt? Right. So. Uh, uh, because you know, I'm not honestly, I'm not sure why Finland agreed to do it, but 
They transferred, just so you guys are listening, so they agreed to trade 25% of Peru's outstanding national debt. That's nearly $6 million US, by the way, in exchange for conservation programs. Yeah, so- What, is this, what does that mean even? Like, why would you do that as a country? Just I, in terms of economic standings. You know, honestly, I'm not really sure. It, it could be that maybe F- Finland has, uh, you know, they, they care- about Peru about and Machu Picchu, and yeah, natural beauty or the or the earth or nature or what what have you. Um, That's pretty nuts. And yeah, so they were like, you know what? If you do conservation efforts to maintain Machu Picchu, we will take away twenty five percent of the debt that you owe us. So what does that mean? Basically, they give you money. No, they just they just basically wiped it clean. They took it on, or oh, so Peru owned. Peru, so Peru owned uh, Finland. Oh, excuse me. Yep. Peru uh, owned Finland money. Yep, as part of their debt and. Uh, Finland was just like, you know what, if you, if you make a lot of, you know, put in a lot of policies to preserve Machu Picchu, we will forgive, you know, six. That sounds like a good friend. That sounds like a good friend. It's like, Hey man. And, and actually, um, I know I borrowed you money, but at one point they, uh, Machu Picchu had been taken off of the endangered list because they did such a good job of conserving it. It's actually back on now. Why is that? Tourists. Tourists. It's, it's getting more popular. Yeah. I think what's, we were always, we're always, uh, you know, owning a approved travel company. We're always curious as to like how this is going to impact us and impact David and, and the families that we work with ourselves. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is our job. And, right. uh, a lot of people, there's like this conflicting, Oh, support the locals. Da, 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 da. Well, that's essentially what we're doing. The difference is that we're doing it in an organized way where our, our people are being paid well and adequately. We're, we're helping with English speaking courses, like things like that. So Sort of just in helping communities, but besides the point of us bragging, I think the the thing that is difficult is knowing, you know, what's going to happen in the next twenty years. Right, right. You know? So uh, there's, there's, uh, I mean, you know, it is, uh, you know, there is the trying to strike the balance of, you know, tourism in Machu Picchu is, you know, their their job is their livelihood in in Peru, and and if you think about that. Uh, so it's got to take take a big part, excuse my interruption, but it's got to take a big part of their income. Oh yeah. I mean, if, if you, if you're reducing the amount of people that can go to Machu Picchu, you're reducing the the amount of people that are employed because there's less tourists to go there. You're strangling Aguascalientes. So yeah. So, uh, um, UNESCO actually had wanted to reduce the amount of people entered per day to 900 people per day. Um, and Peru was like, you know, no way, you know, this is, this is a big source of, of income for people and, and, and the country. And so they kind of came to the uh, compromise of the 2,500 people per day. I wonder, I don't know much about, we should look into something like that. Like, so, I mean, just to understand more of like why it's endangered, what's the, what's the, what can people do to help? Right. right. Because right. like there is this, uh, I feel like anything historically, uh, an example, right. We go hiking and pack it in, pack it out. Right. Leave, right. leave, leave no, no trace. trace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, it pisses me off more than anything in the world. When I was in like Havasu by falls, when I see trash, dude, clean your crap up, like stop, you know, I, yeah, it is what it is. It's it's a very very uh, sensitive topic, and it really becomes uh, difficult when you're in a place like I know there's punk kids in Machu Picchu trying to break the stones or like do something. You know what I mean? Which which we're gonna get to one example, actually right now that is very frustrating, uh, and it just pisses me off to no end. If I'm gonna be honest, but uh, hey, you want to pronounce that that word right there because so the uh, the. the <laughs> 
I, I'm, I'm probably butchering it a little bit too, but uh, um, the Inti Hautana. The Inti Hautana. Yeah, we're, we're not we're not saying it right at all, but that stone, uh, which is basically, it's able to tell you, or excuse me, it was something used for the solstices summer, right? Summer solstice and winter. Mm -hmm. The sun is eventually over it at one point throughout the year. I don't think we mentioned this. At one point throughout the year, the sun is directly over this stone and they cast no shadow, which is pretty crazy. And it's at a specific time of year, every single year. Anyways, that stone was damaged permanently in 2001 after a Peruvian beer company sneaked equipment onto the site to shoot a TV ad. Like how crappy is that? Can you imagine? Now, I, they, they, the camera crane operator was sentenced to six years in jail. In my honest opinion, I feel like the entire beer company should have been in big, big trouble. Yeah, I hear. I mean, if you think about right there, I mean, that's the totally a violation of the the leave no trace motto that you try to, to follow when you go Dude, somewhere. You damage you know? something that was designed and made by someone. It can never be repaired. Never again. And yeah. it can't be replaced in general. Like you, you, that's freaky, dude. I would feel like a horrible human. Like that would be gut wrenching for me. So it's just, it's just, it's bizarre that like they were that careless. Here in Bingham's team excavated more than forty thousand artifacts during his exploration and stored them at Yale University. That's what kind of makes me laugh. It's because it's kind of crappy, but it's like, I mean, that back then, I guess, is kind of what happened. I don't know. Yeah. So there's. Um there's actually a big argument between uh, over time, over the since since uh, 1911 when he discovered it, big argument between Peru and Yale who actually owned the the artifacts, uh, and then finally in 2011 to to mark the the centennial of the discovery of Machu Picchu, Yale actually returned uh, all the items to to oh, Peru. Really? Mm-hmm. So they're no longer there. So they're no longer in Yale. They're they're back with uh, with Peru. This is brand new. Yeah, 2011. Okay. That's crazy. Um, we might need to note that actually then that's a, that's a really good fact. So there is a yearly marathon foot race along the Inca trail to Machu Picchu. Yeah. about that. It's uh yeah, that's uh yeah. Every year there's a marathon. Um, and you know, if you think about the elevation that you're at and going up and down, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Can Americans do it? You can do it. You really? Can do it. You can sign up to do it. I believe it's somewhere around $3,000 for the event. I thought Chosky's did that though. So like, they do. Um, for I, free? Cause I, there's no way. I'm not sure if the, I, the Chosky's must get it for free because the guy that's the record holder is a Chosky, is a Chosky and yeah. he did it in 19, he set the record in 1997. He did the the Inca Trail Marathon in let's see I believe it was uh, three hours and twenty seven minutes hmm. so, which is blazing fast when you think about could you have done it no way there's no way I mean at your peak performance could my, you have done it no way and I wouldn't even want to risk it because I remember I mean think about where you almost fell over the ledge and yeah and hold died. on <laughs> so you were at your peak right in little known story I mean at one point Kev you were training for the marathon for the Olympic trials right like that so, was, so I uh, not for the trials but I I, I had ran a two two forty eight. Uh, two hours and 48 minutes. And you don't think you'd have been able to do that? Not on that because you got, when you got it, you're at elevation, you're pretty high up. You're not, so you're 8,000 feet. This guy would have came here. He'd have kicked your ass. Oh yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, definitely. He would, uh, he would, he would smoke me. I mean, so, you know, you're going over all that cobblestone. Yeah. You're going up and down elevation. I mean, the highest point you're going up to like 14,000 feet. So you're going to be winded because, you know, higher elevation. And then, uh, I mean, the, uh, a fit person, they're probably going to do it in between six and eight hours. And this guy, this guy, 97, uh, a Chosky did it in like three hours. 97, 1997. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
bro had a heart attack. Thought you were saying he was 97. Yep, yep. I'm like, what is going on? Yep, this sounds crazy. Three hours and 27 minutes. That is crazy. Uh, there is a hidden temple that can be explored for those hiking up Hawani Pichu. Do you know much about that? So yeah, that's uh, that's the Temple of the Moon, uh, and a lot of people actually don't really go to to discover it. They basically go up to Wanapichu and take a photo. Know, just kind of yeah, take a photo of Machu Picchu below, and you know, kind of look around. But this, uh, so the Temple of the Moon is. It's kind of off trail and there's various levels that you can go to, but it's just, it's just situated sitting in a cave. I mean, it, it's a cave, but it's a temple. It's pretty cool. A cave. Yeah. We've never done Machu Picchu. And the reason for that is because every time we've gotten a damn Machu Picchu, we've been exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Just <wrecked>. like dead. <laughs> like, give me a minivan to take me up to Machu Picchu because I'm fried. Yeah. Maybe next time instead of uh, doing four day hikes, we'll God, just take the see, train. But I want to, or we can just like, maybe we can just like convince David to just hang out with this Aguas Calientes for like three days. I like that town. <laughs> I really do like Aguas Calientes. Like it's, I, first of all, I love sleeping there. Like, <laughs> oh man, if you're a person who loves white noise, the hotel that we stay in, that river flowing, man, it is just amazing. Did you, I don't know, did you experience that? I, I couldn't hear the river where I was oh, at. Oh man, where I was sleeping, dude, I could just snuggle up in them sheets <laughs> out. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, yeah, so now we're on to our last fact. That's 50 of them. It's 50, wow. Yeah, I don't even know how long this episode is. Hopefully it's not like super long, but... This one is really interesting. I think at some point we should do a big research, maybe bring it back for the podcast to talk about this because this is freaking nuts. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And maybe at some point, if it's possible, we can, uh, maybe we need to find this person. I mean, yeah, we have the name. Yeah, we maybe we can find her and and contact her and like get her on the show. That would be incredible. We've got some contacts, right? Yeah, we went to yeah. the, the local Peruvian, uh, <laughs> Nashville Peruvian uh, cultural event that happened here. As you, if you guys know, we're based on Nashville, but uh, yeah, this one is is freaking so crazy, and I keep talking about it, but it is absolutely bonkers. So a local family claims that they currently continue to own Machu Picchu and that they may have proof. What the hell, Kevin? <laughs> so, yeah, break this, this down. So this this uh, this really blew my mind. Um, so where we were talking about before where, you know, Hiram really did not discover Machu Picchu. Right. So when the way Hiram discovered Machu Picchu really was a local Peruvian Took him up led there. him yeah, to exactly. Machu Picchu. So when they got up there, there was actually three different farmers that were living on Machu Picchu farming the land. And uh, one of the descendants of of one of the guys that was not living on Machu Picchu farming the land, uh, she has actually tried to, uh, she has brought multiple lawsuits against the country of Peru, uh, claiming over $100 million and trying to get future profits. Um, and I mean, based on what I read, I mean, who knows if it's true, but based on what I read, she actually has the deed and it does show that her grand, her grandfather bought the land in 1910, the year before Hiram discovered it. Is this not blowing your minds right now? There's some human that probably owns Machu Picchu. And every time that she goes to court, I'm assuming they just throw it out. I'm, I'm sure they do. I mean, if you think about how big Machu Picchu is, I mean, yeah. either, of course they're going to deny it. Well, how do you feel? Just uh, moral compass. I'm just curious. How does that make you feel? 
Like, what do you think is right in that situation? Honestly, I have no idea. I mean, because (laughs) I mean, it's, it's this, uh, massive world cultural site. What do you think Um, happened when Hiram Bingham showed up? Do you think he just kicked all the farmers off? No, but that's that's the that's the question. I, I, I don't know. I don't what know. happened? I mean, why would all, if they had if she they had the deed to this place? Like, why would this somebody agree? Yeah, I have no idea. That's the other interesting thing. Into. Yeah, that's the other interesting that. thing. It's kind of like what? Who would? I mean, I got a pretty cool house. You found a volcano underneath, and you want to start doing tours? I'm gonna be like, yeah, start paying me some money. You know, like <laughs> you got like I got a dinosaur underneath my basement. You know what I mean? We're gonna figure something out. That, that is weird. I don't understand how that how that plays out but whatever it's crazy it's good stuff 50 facts on Machu Picchu guys we're gonna plug a couple things real quick just to keep this short and sweet we got a cool blog that we've been doing lately uh, we've got things on elevation we've got things on best time to go to Machu Picchu how to get your Machu Picchu tickets if you don't want to book through a company we give you we're kind of giving you the house educating as best we can because at the end of the day we want you to go if you don't book through us hey you don't book through us but we're gonna give you all the information available to have you make an educated guests because in the day we really agree or believe that a more educated customer is a better customer anyway so if you do all your research and you realize hey you know what i want to go with these kachi guys because they they gave me everything and they're really good dudes and they're helping locals out the best that we can uh you know definitely uh, help us grow and help support us check out peru tips for travelers on facebook it's a facebook group again like we said earlier helping people get together and kind of ask questions maybe there's something that you have a question about that we aren't going to answer like ayahuasca i'm not going to answer that no not at all maybe there's a question that you have kevin's like i hate you <laughs> there's a there's a question about uh you know the nazaka lines we don't do tours there but there is a community there that will probably help you answer those and if we can't find the answer we're always good about looking into it for you yeah um, i mean at the end of the day we just want you to enjoy peru and yeah and because it's it's, a, it's an amazing place it's, it it's is. worth seeing and and we just want you to to enjoy it you absolutely know? and if you have anything in particular that you want to just reach out to us do a video call we've got a lot of different times that we set up with people just to have a conversation you know set up an hour of our time after you know whatever is that we're doing throughout the day uh three four p.m. Sit on a call with you to talk about Peru and kind of what ideas you've got laid out. And if you're tra- if you've traveled to Peru already, shoot us our photos. We love seeing the cool stuff that people put together. There's there's so many cool things that people see that we haven't seen and we're always like, oh, we want to go check that out next time we go. But uh, you know, something side note, there's a guy who's been listening to our podcast who's booking his trip and I was thinking about possibly getting him to talk about like questions that he has just to get him on here ask all his questions and maybe they're not thinking about him and then he goes comes back and gives us a, a status update that'd be cool yeah. so like how what he what was true what was wrong what's changed what's not because things change and we yeah. you know can't keep up but hey, anyways I'm rambling thank you guys so much for listening again I'm David Kozlowski and I'm Kevin Grow. that's right and we hope to see you soon or talk to you soon take care